Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. We are your hosts, Kitty and Alora. And today we are wrapping up season three. This is the season finale, folks, and we thought it would be perfect to go out with a Sabbath bang discussing our upcoming pagan holy days, Yule and Letha. I live in the Northern Hemisphere, if y'all didn't know already, and Alora lives in the Southern. So we will be talking on our respective Sabbaths. This way, our listeners get information on both holy days in the month of December, no matter where you live in the world. So grab your cuppa and settle in for a magical time. Hello, Laura. Hello, hello. So is it feeling like Letha or the summer solstice where you are? Uh, yes and no. So the weather here changes from day to day. It was 38 over the weekend, which in Fahrenheit, that's like 90s weather. Oof. But then it dropped back down to 13, which is like 60, like mid to high oh, 60. Interesting. So the weather's being weird, but the yeah. warmer days are definitely starting to dominate. Mm. And my sleep cycle is sucking because now the sun is up at 5 a.m. So yeah, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's never fun. Mm. Yeah. I don't even have alarm set and I can't seem to sleep past five fifteen. Oh man. I, I have a hard time getting up when my alarm goes off anymore, <laughs> like really bad about it lately, but, but I'm someone like the room has to be pitch black. Oh, like, me I too. Don't like yeah. Light. Me neither. Yeah. So it is starting to feel like Yule here believe it or not, even though I live in a warmer yeah, climate, but don't you live, I was going to say, don't you live tropical? Yes. However, we funny enough this year started to get actual fall weather when it turned fall, which is like unheard of, which is weird. Yeah. Usually my kids are like sweating in their Halloween costumes and I have to like cut the sleeves off of them. <laughs> But this year it was actually chilly and they could, you know, wear their costumes and be comfortable. It was awesome. So it's been like that ever since. Um, I mean, it, it switches a little bit. It still warms up like during the day sometimes, but at night it's been getting chilly for here. Like we've gotten forties even. Yeah. Cause my parents don't live too far from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've mentioned a little bit that it's, it's unseasonably cool. It's nice. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Now I don't like it when it's too cold though. I'm a baby, but anyway. Oh yeah. No, look, I've lived all over the U S and let me tell you, uh, I never liked my time in Minnesota or Wisconsin. Ooh, no. Mm-mm. Well, no Wisconsin, look, Michiganers Wisconsin, and Wisconsiners, huh? <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, look, my time in Wisconsin wasn't terrible, uh, my time in Minnesota was miserable because in Minnesota, Ooh. it snows like nine months out of the year. It's horrible. Ooh. And you get like 
two months of warm weather. And it's like, really? That is brutal. Mm -hmm. Brutal. Okay. So let's, let's get going on our Sabbath talk. I'm sure everyone is excited. Yes. And I think, I think this episode means that we have an episode on every Sabbath. Yeah. This is wrapping up the Sabbath series. Woohoo. Yeah. So do you want to start out and talk about your Sabbath that's coming up down there? Yeah, sure. Sure. I can surely do that. So my my Sabbath is Letha. Uh, This holiday celebrates the sun king in all his glory, uh, who can be identified as many, many different sun gods uh, from Ra to uh, Helios and beyond. Uh, In pagan traditions in Northern Europe, this is the time when the Oak King, who represents the waxing year, is cast down by the Holly King, representing the waning year. So the two, so it's like this particular dichotomy is like the maiden mother crone mm-hmm. of the triple goddess. So they're both one in the same, but it's two aspects of the masculine divine. If that makes right. sense. Sure. Um, so the Oak King is, uh, the growing youth while the Holly King is the mature male. Gotcha. So that's what we're celebrating on Letha and it occurs, uh, the same time as Yule does in the Northern hemisphere. Awesome. And it is the summer solstice. Yes. Yes. Correct. All right. Well, and I mean, so is it also, so it's celebrated around or, you know, give or take a few days around December 21st. Yes. And you know, this is a whole, look, we Mm -hmm. could do an entire podcast episode on how I think that the wheel of the year for the Southern hemisphere is completely inaccurate. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that. I gotcha. Well, I will say that my Sabbath is Yule also called the winter solstice. This is Mm -hmm. the one that's upcoming in the Northern hemisphere. It's typically on the, uh, excuse me, around celebrated around December 21st on a yearly basis. The date depends on astronomy. Okay. So namely the point of the sun and the tilt of the earth's axis. Same goes for the summer solstice. Um, and then, you know, vice versa for the hemispheres for the, you know, for each solstice basically. But so we had a listener question about this. Mm. She says, but there's actually a couple questions about this. We'll go with, hold on. Let me just look real quick. Okay. I hope that I pronounce the name right. I think it's Aimante. So mm-hmm. Aimante asks, does the date change every year for these Sabbaths? And if so, how is it calculated? So the dates for the solstices and the equinoxes can vary slightly every year. Uh, typically they fall within a day or two of the same dates yearly. Again, I think I said it's calculated by astronomy, but it, um, some people get confused with the, you know, with the dates changing and to bring in another question that makes it even more confusing that we're going to try to, um, answer 
Georgina asks, I've heard the winter and summer solstices also called midwinter and midsummer as in the middle of the season, but I also know it's at the beginning of these seasons. Can you explain why and what is more correct? Do you want me to answer this or do you know? Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm going to skip down to the first question that you brought up uh, about does the date change every year? And if so, how is it calculated? Now, look, I, for this question, I would say that the exact calculation is only necessary if you're working magic that has to do with like exact planetary hours and is heavily relies on astrology Mm -hmm. because typically if you, like you said, these, these sabbats fall within two to three days of the original dates. Mm -hmm. So anytime in that window, you want to celebrate it. I say, go for it. Like you don't really uh, wait for an exact degree. Um, but, but we do have an explanation from the BBC from the experts. So the earth has a tilt, meaning it's North and South poles aren't perfectly lined up with the sun. The tilt is about 23.4 degrees. The only reason why the earth has seasons, spring, summer, autumn, and winter is because of the tilt of the earth. When all of us, uh, when all of us in the Northern hemisphere are tilted towards the sun, there are more hours of daylight, which happens in summer. When we are tilted away from the sun, there are fewer hours of daylight and longer hours of night, which is winter. Uh, in astronomy, summer starts with the summer solstice and lasts until the autumn equinox or when the hours of daylight and night are equal, which, uh, back in 2020 happened on my birthday, September 22nd. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, now that I live in the Southern hemisphere, my birthday is no longer on the autumn equinox and I'm very salty about that. Yeah, for real. I would, I would feel that too. Uh, but it's the tilt of the earth in relation to the sun that defines when the actual solstice is. And I feel like, like I said, I feel like you don't have to have the exact date and time. No, you know, as long as you're within this window and we're going to talk more, uh, we're going to get into all that kind of, we'll elaborate on this as we go along, particularly when it comes to Yule and the Christmas season. Right. So to answer the confusion about midsummer versus, you know, the name Letha or summer solstice and same with the um, winter solstice. The thing is the solstices, like we've been saying are, so the winter solstice is the longest night of the year, shortest day of the year. And the summer solstice is the longest day of the year, shortest night, right. As we've been talking about. So the reason why though, you'll hear it sometimes called midsummer or midwinter is because this is an older term for these days relying on farming basically. So the summer solstice was actually the middle of the planting season. So to them, it was technically midsummer. And then the uh, same with the winter, but um, you know, conversely, like the, the plants were already harvested and they were feeling like they're already halfway through winter and on their way to spring. Right. So it was more based on the planting season rather than the way we look at the four seasons today. And that makes sense. Yeah. Because, and uh, too, in ancient times, specifically with the Celts, they didn't really, they didn't have, they didn't call it 
winter, spring, summer, fall, they basically had summer and winter. So and if you look at it like that, it would make sense that the, the summer solstice would be mid summer. Right. Yeah. Wait a minute. Go back. What? Because we have, so, okay. So we have an autumnal equinox and a spring equinox. Right. So did they, did they call those that back then? From what I read? No. Like they honored, they knew about the, the equal day versus night. Right. But they didn't call it spring and fall. Gotcha. But I'm sure as you move along in the centuries, obviously those terms and the seasons are picked up, you know, somewhere down the line. Right. But the midsummer, we're, I'm speaking specifically to the midsummer, midwinter like terms, right? That's where those come from. Right. So yeah. It's not, it, it can be confusing when you first come to the path to hear these words exchanged. And you're like, if this is the start of the summer, why are we calling it midsummer? Neither of them are necessarily correct or incorrect. It's just about what you want to call them. <laughs> yeah. And I think if you count from like the equinox to the winter solstice, mm -hmm. that right there is the darkening. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so then once the winter solstice happens, you're now on your way out of the dark and into the light, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So calling it midwinter makes complete sense. Yeah. And same with midsummer. Yeah, I agree. If you, yeah. Cause if you start from the correct equinoxes, depending on your mm -hmm. hemisphere, I think it makes a lot more sense. Well, and two, cause I, I, I can see where the confusion lies too, because also when you get into the earlier Sabbaths in the year, like, like Emolk, you'll hear that referred to as spring, but mm. spring, the season doesn't, you know, officially start until the spring equinox. So again, we're going off of older times, like farming, the farming days, right? When we yeah. say, when we say Emolk is the first spring Sabbath, that's why. Yeah. And particularly for Australia, I have found the Aboriginal people, the way that they divide the year makes so much more sense for this hemisphere, the way that the wheel of the year goes, because I believe where I live in my area, the Aboriginal seasons, I think it's divided by two to three month uh, seasons hmm. or two, two month seasons. I think there's an extra quarter in there can't cool. remember, but, but they don't, but it's not four seasons. It's more than that. I think. Hmm. Interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. I I'll have to, I'll have to find it because I think I posted it once because I was so fascinated by it. Yeah. I'd like to read about that. Okay. Moving on. Okay. Letha, what does the name of that Sabbath mean? Were you able to find that out? Yes. So the name of Letha is actually the sixth and seventh month in the old English calendar. Hmm. Uh, each month rested on either side of the midsummer solstice. So their calendar was a bit different. Gotcha. Uh, but the name itself means to shine Ooh. or to illuminate. Makes sense. Which this is a fire festival. 
So that makes complete sense. Plus it's in the middle of the summer when the sun is at its peak. So yeah, it makes complete sense. Well, and the, the three first words, uh, first letter, excuse me, L I T mm-hmm. that definitely goes along with light and all of the syllables that go along with that. So that, that makes sense. I didn't know that though. That's interesting too. Let, let's get lit. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so the name of Yule comes from the old Norse word Yule or Yule, which scholars aren't sure of its true translation, but there's theories that it could mean jolly or feast or easy, which I don't see that being it, but that's just mm-hmm. me. And then a really cool translation is wheel like wheel of the year, interesting. which I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was the most interesting. Some believe the term Yule actually derives from one of Odin's many names. Hmm. He is Yule near, which means Yule one. And there's also one that I read today, Yule fodder, which means Yule father. Hmm. So they're saying, I mean, it could be one or the other. It could be that he was named the Yule one after we had um, the name for the the Sabbath or vice versa. Like it came from one of his epithets. Yes. So this is like the chicken and the egg. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, And interesting enough, I found this out at the same time I was researching for Aletha in the Roman calendar. I can't even say this G U I L I. How would you say that? Yuli? I-L-I. I think it's, isn't it like July? Was no, this was the name for Yule and was denoted as the 12th month in the old English calendar or in the Roman calendar. Interesting. Huh? So there you go. Cool. All right. Com- so comparative what... etymology, we could call it. <laughs> know. And you know, it's funny. Like when you go to look up this stuff, you, there's like a thousand answers. I know. Because it's, yeah. So you have to kind of pick and choose, but like we tell everybody who listens, uh, do you can do your own research and you'll see. So don't take what we say as gospel here. Nah. Nope. Hmm. Okay. Would you like to also tell us a little bit about the history and origins of Letha, AKA the summer solstice? Sure. Cause this is actually going to cover a couple of things, but, um, okay. So Letha, like I said, is an ancient solar celebration, Yep, which was celebrated by cultures far and wide. Interestingly, the celebration occurs when the sun seemingly stands still before changing direction. Letha marks the peak of summer, which marks the longest day, shortest night of the year. When the Celts were Christianized, Letha became known as St. John's Eve. And in Ireland, uh, they would light huge bonfires. Mm-hmm. This tradition actually goes back to the ancient Celts who lit fires on the solstice in honor of Anya, the fairy queen of Munster. Mm. I know that has a special place in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Another interesting tradition was to light giant wheels on fire. Oh, and roll them into large bodies of water. And the reasons for this was ancient Europeans believed Letha was not only the balance of land and sky, but of fire and water. I love it though. The wheel, the wheel correlation with Yule is very 
it's popping out to me right now. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the wheel that they're, they're sending down the hill in Ireland mm-hmm. for Letha is I'll talk about this more with the Yule Sabbath, but, oh, wow. Okay. Sorry. Epiphany. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, so the balance of fire and water is how this tradition was created mm-hmm. in the Roman world. This Sabbath is sacred to Juno, who is Jupiter's wife. And so this is a Sabbath where childbirth was celebrated, uh, vigorously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They got and- lit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> in many ways. In Norse traditions, Letha was better known as Midsummer Blot. I hope I said that right. Mm-hmm. Any Sabbath with blot on the end of mm-hmm. it indicated it was a Sabbath of sacrifice. Yes. So ritual sacrifices were performed by the Norse in hopes of reciprocity. So for example, an animal sacrifice may be made in exchange for fertility of the land. Yeah. So there's just, so there's just a, a lot bit of means a- blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Midsummer was definitely a time of blood sacrifices. Yep. Okay. What about Yule? Okay. Yule or Yule Tide, as you'll hear it sometimes called, the Norse and Germanic peoples celebrated Yule Tide in ancient times. Again, though, this is one of those solstices slash holiday seasonal holidays that was celebrated in some aspect pretty much all over the world but a lot of what we know of it comes from the norse and germanic traditions Mm. i think it's cool though that they actually used to celebrate it typically starting the end of november or what we would call november going into the month of january and in later centuries the 12 days of yule was converted to the 12 days of Christmas. So if you've ever, you know, heard the song on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave it to me. So based on the whole 12 days of Christmas, that was actually 12 days of Yule tide, which is pagan. Oh, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Because so, mm-hmm. hold on. I have okay. a quick story. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's so funny because a couple of years ago, I actually did a 12 days of Yule gift exchange with another witch friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that it was originally the 12 days of Yule. So now I feel even witchier about that. (laughs) Well, of course, I think these things are ingrained in many of us, you know, from past lives, from ancestors. And so we just naturally do these things. And then we realize someday that, wow, that was really pagan of me, you know? Yeah. Cause it's been what two, almost, yeah. Two years now. Okay. Keep going. So the 12 days of Yule started usually around the winter solstice and then extended into the new year. Obviously there was, you know, a different calendar back then, but this was about when it, when it took place. Mm -hmm. So these, many of these Yuletide customs and beliefs were also adapted or adopted or absorbed into Christianity. So as to aid in the conversion of pagans, which we've talked about on our other Sabbath series episodes with pretty much every holiday, honestly. And so instead of the, this is a, I always thought was pretty obvious, but also really interesting. Instead of the sun's rebirth, meaning the sun in our sky 
they turned it into the son of God's birthday. Mm -hmm. And sun gods were, I mean, that was a part of the Norse and Germanic tradition. They actually had a solar goddess, which is interesting to note that she was celebrated on the winter solstice itself. And the night prior to that was called mother's night where the Norse and Germanic would celebrate the mother goddesses, as well as the Deesir, which were the ancestral female spirits. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I have a question because mm-hmm. this just dawned on me. So do you think that when Christianity came into play, mm, I already know you're going with this, but they you know. changed it to <laughs> son of God's birthday because the sun deity was a goddess. Yes. And we can't have that. Right. <laughs> God. Absolutely. Yeah. Because so yeah. interestingly, I just told you this too. I just found out recently that my birthday was originally on the, on the original, like winter solstice from mm. before the Gregorian calendar. And so then I decided to look up the, there's the St. Lucy who is, that's her feast day is my birthday. And then looking her up, she actually is thought to be a continuation of Sunna or soul, the Germanic sun goddess whose mm-hmm. feast day was that day as well. So, yeah. So then exactly what you're thinking, I was thinking, interesting how we have mother's night on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas day would, would have been Sana's day. Hmm. And now it's, you see, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right on it with me. Okay. <laughs> Pretty big epiphanies. Like when you're looking into some of this stuff, you know? Yeah. And it kind of, well, at least for me, it just pisses me off. <laughs> I know it's, it's sad. Cause it's like a lot of these female seasonal winter figures are lost in time. And with, with the conversion, you know, mm-hmm. you only dig up this stuff when you're really, really digging into the research. Do you, do you have these epiphanies? But so as far as the blood sacrifices, like you're talking about for midsummer bloat or blot, mm-hmm. there was also one for winter and they did sacrifice animals, um, to, the gods as well. So a big one was the, uh, the wild boar mm. for, uh, the God Frere and also they would for Thor as well. And yeah, there's a lot more that I could keep going on and on about, but I'm going to, I'm going to sum it up there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, can, okay. So who talking about cultures celebrated Yule? Yeah. The Norse and Germanic, but also any of the Germanic peoples. So the Anglo-Saxons also did until conversion in the middle ages. Right. Yeah. Oh, but I should say that most people don't even know celebrating Christmas wasn't even, it was outlawed in some places in the United States for centuries. Of course it was because of the Puritans. They didn't want anything to do with, you know, frivolity and debauchery and anything that had any kind of mimickings of pagan traditions. Right. Right. So just a few hundred years ago, I think it was, it was in the 1800s, the 
PA House of Representatives actually outlawed masquerading at Yule time, which is funny because then people just moved all of their masquerading and parading in the streets to New Year's. <laughs> mm. So that's where all that comes from, right? But I mean, listen, there was celebrating the whole winter season. There was a lot of drinking. There was a lot of feasting going back centuries and centuries and centuries. It's just ingrained in us. So even though they tried to outlaw us and stop it, it was just bound to come back, I feel like. Hmm. I'm just sitting here thinking about Thanksgiving as well, because mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that was created in part to like appease people, like give them a holiday where they could indulge. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That wasn't necessary. I don't know. It's kind of halfway between the normal harvest festivals, like elsewhere in the world or in October. Mm-mm. And so it's, I like to call it the, a gateway to Christmas is what I call Thanksgiving <laughs> or the wedding or sorry, pre-wedding rehearsal dinner to Christmas is what I call Thanksgiving. So you might be right though. It does make sense. But I think too, like with winter, just real quick, so I can paint the picture for everybody. Winter was a lot more harsh to people that didn't have, you know, central heating and power and right. <laughs> Right. To transport us places. Right. So they had to, they had to gather together and make it more fun. And also they had to feast a lot. They had to feast because some of the things weren't going to be kept all winter. They wouldn't, they wouldn't last the winter. Right. Right. And I would imagine that, well, at least at, you know, in the winter sacrifices probably meant more because they're trying not to die. You know, whether it's from frostbite or starvation or whatever. Yeah, they did a lot of, you know, they would harvest the livestock that probably wouldn't make it through the winter, the weaklings, right? Mm. And uh, feast on them and give those as offerings. And they, they also, but they also relied a little bit on hunting what, you know, what wild animal, wild game they could find, which also gave way to the comparative myth of the wild hunt <laughs> that we're going to talk about. I feel like in detail in the Mamir's well, dark side of Yule episode. Yeah. The dark side of Yule. Mm-hmm. It's pretty scary. Actually. It, it really is amongst all the partying. There's definitely some, some ghosting going on <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. What did we not talk about as far as Letha's history? Cause I feel like I went on and on and on there about Yule, but it is my absolute favorite just to, so y'all know, that's why I'm blabbering about it. Uh, I can tell you some customs, I guess from let's do that. Let's go with the customs. <laughs> okay. Customs and traditions. So traditionally this holiday is celebrated by leaping over massive bonfires. I think that I covered that when I said, this is a fire festival holiday. Hmm. However, being that it's the middle of the summer, no fires can be burned in the Southern hemisphere because you know, we're in the middle of fire danger season. So, uh, Letha is also close to Christmas down here in the Southern hemisphere. So instead people tend to perform a lot of their own 
by donating to charity for those less fortunate during the holidays, things like that, because we can't. Yes. Why wouldn't they just make Christmas closer to the opposite solstice? That way, at least it's like, look, (laughs) look, sorry, don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. I have huge issues with this because I used to be a really big Yuletide person and Mm -hmm. now I'm not because Oh, that's I could see that would really bother me. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. Continue. That's okay. So in a lot of places here in the Southern hemisphere, like you can't light any kind of fire outdoors, like no kind of fire. Yeah. Um, so instead you have to do something in replacement. Right. So, right. like I said, a lot of people, um, choose to donate, uh, during the holidays, mm-hmm. also doing representative things like bowls of water to represent, uh, the fertility of summer, mm-hmm. um, the healing of summer. So bowls of water to represent the cauldron and then flowers that float in there and, and things like that. Pretty. So you just kind of have to find suitable replacements for fire. <laughs> right on. Uh, however, for both hemispheres, this is a time to be in nature. So camping is another big one, uh, celebrate growth, healing, fertility. It is also when we see the battle between the Oak and the Holly King reenacted in a lot of places. Um, and especially back then, like I know that in the Northern hemisphere, a lot of times you see like the crowning of the Holly King. Mm-hmm. Um, at festivals and stuff. And here it would be the opposite. Um, so you'd have the Oak King being crowned, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. So what about you? I think we went over some of them. Correct. We talked about Modra night, which is mother's night. The Yule right. boar, the Yule boar is actually still alive in the form of the Christmas ham. Oh Yeah. I know it's crazy. Right. But I feel like, like I said, these things are so ingrained in us that we just do these things without knowing where they came from. Mm. The Yule tree, AKA the Christmas tree. Yes. People that is pagan. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you actually send me a verse in the Bible that says you're not supposed to decorate trees or something? Yeah. So I actually went and looked it up because I wanted to know what it said. Um, so if you take the verse literally, yeah, that's what it's saying. Right. Um, But people are like, it's supposed to be a metaphor because the tree represents blah, blah, whatever. Isn't that nice how we're picking and choosing? Okay. Sorry. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, okay. But you can sit here and say that the Bible says you can't do this X, Y, Z because it's literal, but then when we're talking about Christmas trees, it's a metaphor. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but anyways, yes. So I believe it's Jeremiah chapter yeah. 10, verse one through 25 okay. says you, you shouldn't chop down a tree from the forest and decorate it and blah, blah, blah. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. That means that people were doing it and they didn't like it. So they put, okay. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like rules come from somewhere. All right. Yes. Continue on. Oh, I just have to, this is something that bothered me. Somebody recently told me that the Christmas tree was invented a little more than a century ago in the time of Queen Victoria. What? 
no she made it popular it actually came it's been a tradition in germany for centuries like they never got rid of that tradition in germany but because people are so you know western world and england and that kind of mindset they forget that there's traditions elsewhere in europe right right <laughs> did she make it popular sure and did did she kind of usher in the the christmas holiday again from from it being outlawed Laud and all that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But she didn't invent the Christmas tree. <laughs> so <sighs> I know, right. I know this is, oh, and the Christmas wreath may be a nod to the word Yule as the wheel, right. Of the year mm. or the sun's orbit around the earth. Kind of cool. So smart. Yeah. Any more from you? I have a couple more, but I want to hear more about Letha. Oh, I don't have anything. Oh, all right. Well, Santa Claus. Well, because well, because basically at Letha, you went outside, partied, lit a huge bonfire, <laughs> and leapt over it. You got lit. Like, yeah. In a couple ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. All of the fire festivals are literally huge parties. Yeah. Where fertility is celebrated, which means barbecuing, drinking. Mm. you know, animal sacrifices, leaping over a bonfire. They're, they're all pretty much rel- relatively close to the same. Got you. Okay. Continue. Oh, okay. I think maybe like with the winter holidays, they had to get more creative because they were like forced to be inside. Yeah. <laughs> they came up with other things. Santa Claus. Mm. Gosh, this is such an interesting mythical figure in my opinion, because the roots go deep in so many different cultures when you start to really research Santa Claus's origins. Mm-hmm. Namely, we see him in Odin or the Yule One or the Yule Father, his many names. He, Odin, leads the wild hunt in the winter months, which is basically a procession of spirits and the gods and whatnot. He also rides an eight legged steed. By the name Slepnir. of Slepnir. Yes. And or he, Slepnir. yes. And he gifts children small presents when they leave treats out for Slepnir during the winter season. I could go on and on and on, but obviously this sounds a lot like Santa Claus, right? Right. Also, another interesting character whom I fell in love with as a book character in the Winter Night trilogy. Morosko, who is the Slavic Father Frost. Hmm. If you start to look into him, you're like, wow, yeah, that's Santa. I mean, you Google him, he looks, that's, he's like the Russian Slavic Santa Claus, seriously. Hmm. He was once considered a winter spirit or a winter demon, (laughs) but was outlawed by communism, who is actually seeing a big comeback in Russia. And interestingly, he has a female figure who shows up alongside of him who gives presents and she's supposed to be his granddaughter all righty then yeah snegoroshka that's her name oh okay (laughs) i probably murdered that name but anyway (laughs) if you're slavic or russian i'm sorry Okay, and then was sailing, caroling, yule singing, all blessing people with your beautiful voices. That's also an ancient pagan practice. There's so many more that I could talk about, but I also just wrote an article called Is Christmas a Pagan Holiday that you can find on the website. 
<laughs> the answer to that is yes. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, there's a lot of Christian flavorings, sprinkles like throughout, but let's face mm. it. Most of our holidays are from ancient times. So. Yes, true. Okay. Alora, how do we celebrate Letha? in simple ways if you well if we can't light a fire or things like that how do we how do we do it so like i said before donating to charity um meditation is a pretty huge thing for letha um -hmm. because you're with the whole light uh thing at letha you want to meditate on your inner light and work on that as well very nice Uh, socializing with loved ones outdoors. Like I said, barbecuing, camping, um, watching the sunrise and set, especially on these holidays where there it's the longest day or the shortest day, Mm -hmm. um, is really cool. Honoring your moon cycle. If you are someone who menstruates, (laughs) Ah. um, this is also a big fairy Sabbath. So constructing a fairy house, mm-hmm. um, or leaving an offering for the Fae. Um, I think that that's my biggest joy at Letha because, um, it is when the Fae are most active for me. So Beltane, yes. Uh, but midsummer more so for me personally, I honestly, I would agree with that in the past when I've left offerings, at midsummer yes. Letha. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I was always taught that they were more active on, uh, the solstice, sorry, the summer solstice as well as Samhain, but I'm sure they're active at any Sabbath they want to be, but you know what I mean? Well, and I think some of the roots of Letha having to do with uh, the Celtic people mm-hmm. dedicating fires to the fairy queens, um, yes. especially Anya and things like that, have that a big, sense. a big uh, portion of why they're so active. Yeah, big I agree. Portion. That's the wrong wording. I don't even know what I was trying to say, but you know what I mean. I'm with you. I am with you. Hello. <laughs> And you could also partake in some intimate things. Oh yeah. Well, I so mean, it's of course, kind of a fertility thing too, right? Oh yeah. Any of the spring summer festivals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes. Hex magic, love magic, fertility magic, um, healing magic. <laughs> That's why I prefer the fall and winter. Because why? Because I don't want to do that magic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, yes, fall and winter. Get away from me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just a joke. Just a joke. I hope your husband is listening. <laughs> he doesn't listen to these. I hope he does, but if well, we'll find out after this, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, people, in simple ways to celebrate Yule. Basically, I'll sum it up like this. If you already celebrate Christmas, you're already celebrating Yule. The Christmas tree is the Yule tree. You decorate with evergreens, wreaths, garland. All of that is pagan. 
feasting, having large dinners, giving gifts, eating a Christmas ham, drinking wine. All these old traditions are modern traditions that keep Yule alive. And if you are, you know, in the closet, so to speak, there, no one's going to be the wiser if you're eating a Christmas ham, drinking some wine and, you know, making a wreath by the tree. Exactly. (laughs) Hanging a wreath or whatever. So I just love this holiday so much. I'm such a Yule person. Speaking of wreaths. Yeah. Did you see that wreath that I sent you with the wooden spoons? I did. And I love the idea, but I'm not a pentacle person. So that's the only thing that I would change. Mm. But you need to incorporate like the wooden spoons because then it turns it into like a kitchen witch thing. Oh, for sure. I love, I loved it. Trust me. It was a great, it was super cute. Great idea. Okay. Moving on. Sorry. Very crafty. All right. Okay. So do you (laughs) celebrate, do you celebrate this Sabbath annually? Yeah, of course. (laughs) I've said it, but I feel like I'm a Yule Christmas witch through and through. It's my favorite Sabbath for so many reasons. We do all the Christmas stuff. I love cooking. I love baking cookies. I was getting ready to say, and your cookies are top notch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And the kids are like really looking forward to baking cookies this year. And I also got a Krampus cookie cutter. Oh my gosh. For this year. So I'm going to be making Krampus cookies. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Are you going to have the kids take them to school for their teachers? No, they're not allowed to do that because of COVID. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everything has Sorry. to be store-bought now, you know? It's kind of like, we used to bake cookies and take them to the neighbors, and now that's all weird, you know? Like, people don't, don't want your infected food or whatever. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's anyway. just great because, like, you can bake cookies, you can eat them, and then you can go take a nap. Mm. Who wouldn't love that holiday? <laughs> right. So how about you for me, as far as Letha goes, um, well, because I'm in the Southern hemisphere, it falls on Christmas. So Ah. yeah, uh, I try to give to charities during this time of year and I usually do, uh, and probably (laughs) I go way overboard giving of myself, whether it's in the form of gifts or food or whatever Mm -hmm. during this time of year. Yeah. Uh, this is also, like I said before, this is also a holiday where I find that I am most in tune with the Fey realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, they're very, it's very active for me. Yeah. This yeah. time of year is when I find like the portals and the doors and all kinds of, you know, fairy rings and all of it, it just all happens around very this time cool. of year. So is mm-hmm. this one of your favorites then, or is it your favorite? So I don't know if I would say that it's my absolute favorite. I will say that it's always been an important Sabbath to me because of my relationship with Anya. Mm -hmm. Um, She was the first matron goddess I ever had. And so I still have that connection with her. Like it's it's super special. So it's super um, (laughs) special. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totes. Uh, But I don't think I celebrated it as much when I was in the Northern hemisphere, just because down here it's Letha is on Christmas. So yeah, 
making it closer to a holiday that everyone celebrates makes it more accessible True. almost, mm-hmm. uh, which it's easier to feel inspired about a particular Sabbath. Uh, whereas now I have the opposite problem with Yule. Yeah, I could see. I could see how that would be a problem. Yeah. Because Yule is in July here. I know. I, oh. So, but oh. funny enough, I think that that's where Christmas in July comes from. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which is interesting when you think about it too, because, <clears throat> you know, they like, okay, just follow my logic for a second. Yes. So they turned Yule into, you know, son of God's birthday, but then historically there's this theory that Jesus as a person was born like July summer. Yep. I know that. Which is actually the winter in the yep. Southern hemisphere. Oh yeah. So super interesting. Huh? So silent night. <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> you know, I listen to all those Christmas songs. I don't care, you know, who they're singing about. I just like them. All right. So what about you? Do you feel, I mean, I don't even know why I'm asking you this because you've said it about a thousand times already. <laughs> what? That Yule is my favorite? <laughs> yes. Yule is my favorite. That's all we're going to say. All right. What about, we got to go over the properties, the associations, and then we can probably wrap it up. Yes. Let's do that. Okay. So we're going to start with food. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Summer foods. Go ahead. Okay. So around Letha, so there's Aquavit, which is interesting because that is a traditional Swedish distilled liquor of cinnamon. Uh, It's made with cinnamon, clove, and ginger. So it's very like spicy. Yeah. Smoked fish, grilled or barbecued foods, lemonade, mead any seasonal citrus fruits, mm-hmm. sunflower seeds, spicy foods, um, all of those. So what about you? Yummy. Ham, mold wine, Christmas cookies, hot chocolate, goose. If that's what you're into. Who's eating goose? Ooh. England. They still do roast goose. Oh my God. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Root veggies. Yorkshire mm. pudding. I've never had it and I don't really want to, but th- that's the thing too. Fruitcake, mm. red and green veggies and fruits, Yule log cake, eggnog, hot toddies, chestnuts, and breads. Mm. What's a hot toddy for anyone that doesn't know? I don't even know, to be honest with you. Everybody really? drinks some and never even had one. Oh, <laughs> do you know what it is? Yes. Doesn't it like people uh, drink it when they're like getting a cold too or something, don't they? They're like, oh, just have a hot toddy. Mm-hmm. It's brandy. Okay. And I'm trying to think what all's in it. It's brandy, honey. And you warm it up. There's there's a couple other ingredients in them, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm more go for the mold wine, like during these times, but well, there you go. Yeah. Or all blue right. vine, as they call it in Germany. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Glue vine. That's glue vine. Yes. All right. Herbs. Okay. Herbs. 
Herbies. Give us the summer herbs. Okay. So in Australia during Letha, the Sturt Desert Pea is a sacred flower for this uh, Sabbath. Also, rose, calendula, lavender thyme, saltbush, elder, fennel, verbena, pine, eucalyptus, which grows everywhere here. And it's oh, I can the smell, smell it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, lemon balm, mugwort, meadowsweet, vervain, copal, all of those. Very nice. Hmm. Yule herbs, obviously evergreens of all kinds, like fir, spruce, pine, etc. In addition, mm. your dried herb bundles from the summer are good to use for Yule. Oh, nice. Holly, mistletoe, birch, ivy, sandalwood, frankincense, and myrrh. <laughs> <laughs> Elder as well, cinnamon, cloves, oranges. Star anise, ginger, nutmeg, apple, comb-free. Nice. Mm-hmm. How about crafts? Do you know of any like crafts that people could do on Letha? Yeah. So any fertility or protection charms for the home or to oh. carry on you yeah. are good to make during Letha. Uh, making any kind of incense. Also mm-hmm. because it's you know, we're in a fire festival. So if you can't light a fire, you can make incense, which then you have to light on fire. Does that make sense? Of course. <laughs> Crafting candles, anything having to do with creating fire. Yep. yep. Uh, I actually just saw this particular craft and I thought, oh, that would be a really good one for Letha, which is making fire starters for the uh-huh. next winter. Cause what you do is you get a toilet paper roll and you take the lint from your dryer. Yeah. And then you stuff the lint from your dryer in the toilet paper roll. And then you douse it with, I can't remember what you douse it with uh, in the moment, but you douse it with a particular liquid mm-hmm. and then you have homemade fire starters and you don't have to buy them. Wow. Uh, okay. Flower garlands, flower crowns, wreaths, all of that stuff. Crafting fairy houses for outside mm-hmm. or inside, uh, but mostly outside. Right. Yeah, exactly. Also constructing a fire pit in your backyard. Cool. Love it. Those are yeah. very cool. Yule crafts, crafting wreaths, decorating your home with evergreens, witches' balls for hanging on the tree. Those are the little clear ball ornaments that you can pop the top off and put some stuff in them. Those are pretty mm. fun to make twig star ornaments, salt dough ornaments, gingerbread houses, and seriously visit this website that I just found called witchcraftedlife.com. Oh my gosh. This lady is amazing with her witchy crafting ideas. So cool. Ooh, I'm going to have to visit. I don't even know her. So it wasn't like me just adding that to it to like promote her. I actually found this website and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. You got to <laughs> visit it. All right. Colors for Letha. Red, yellow, bright blue, green, and white. Oh, lovely. (laughs) Yule, kind of the expected, but red and green, obviously. White, (laughs) gold, silver, and blue as well. Love it. Mm -hmm. Okay, animals. You first. 
So at Letha, we would say horses, butterflies, stags, robins, the, now some of these are mythical creatures, uh, the Phoenix and the dragon, uh, the wren, which is a a type of bird Mm -hmm. and also any venomous creature. Yeah. Because we're in, think, think about hot. So snake lizard right yep maybe even like the poisonous frogs <laughs> mm, yeah i think so yeah frogs are a summer kind of animal right cool what about you stag boar yeah reindeer obviously mouse polar no. bear oh sorry i had oh, to say oh it no <laughs> you, said, you said mouse and my brain's like no I know, but I had to say it. It's part of it. Polar bear, robin, partridge, penguin, ox, goose, and horse. Hmm. Yeah. Some of these have to do with, you know, I feel like nursery rhymes and the partridge in the pear tree kind of thing, all that. Right. How about gods that might be celebrated or worshipped on Letha? I think you said Anya was one of them. Yes. So, well, first and foremost, generally any sun deity. Mm-hmm. So you've got Ra, Fortuna, Helios, Sol. I'm going to so butcher this. <laughs> Emit- Emiterasu. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Uh, Apollo, Hestia, Horus. Um, and then this is Lou. so cool. So, yes, Lou. Um, I'm going to say this and I look, don't come for me if this is wrong, but it's spelled M A G E C. Oh, how would you pronounce that? Majek maybe. Yeah. And so I don't know, which is a lot like magic. Oh, Um, and that is from an African pantheon. Ooh, very cool. Uh, and I'm going to butcher this as well. I'm going to, I'm going to say Bila and Walla. Um, these are Aboriginal. Oh, cool. Deities. Um, and then also fae deities. So Anya, mm-hmm. Rhiannon, any of the fairy queens. Maka. I'm sorry, what? Maka. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's, yeah. a, she's a sun goddess in, in Ireland, also an aspect of the Morrigan. Right. Yes. Maybe so, (laughs) like I said, any sun or fairy queen, fairy deity, yeah, you're you're pretty golden. Makes sense, pretty safe to assume. Lovely. What about at Yule? So, we know Odin for sure, definitely Odin. Odin. We also have the matroni, which was basically the Roman word for the mother goddesses of the Norse people, Hmm. Bershta, or some people call her. Berkta, but it's actually pronounced Berchta. Mm. Uh, Berchtold, which was like her consort back in the day. They were part of the wild hunt as well. And sometimes Berchta led the wild hunt alongside of Woden, which is interesting. Hmm. Uh, Frey, Frey, is that a Frere? I never know how to pronounce the king of the elves. I don't either. Okay. Krampus, and I say that he's a god because we can get more into this in Mimir as well, but I believe he stems from an ancient pagan god. 
Mm. Holly and Oak Kings. Yep. Sana, also called Soul. Saint Lucia, who is basically the modern day version of Sana. Santa Claus, because I just feel like he's kind of maybe a demigod of sorts. (laughs) (laughs) Morosco, Abundantia, Saturn, Koliak, Boreas, Jack Frost, and Martzana. Mm. That's a full list. It is. (laughs) I got really into the winter deity thing. I think I wrote an article on that too. (laughs) Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. And then stones. All right. So emerald, jade, lapis, tiger's eye, diamond, lapidolite. And look, lapidolite was not on any, anything that I researched, but I'm including it because for such a huge fairy holiday, lapidolite should be included on the list. I agree. Um, Adventurine, bloodstone, pyrite sunstone garnet citrine Mm -hmm. jasper carnelian labradorite yellow topaz and any fiery stone cool yeah what about you i think basically any red or green stones but ruby emerald garnet red jasper also citrine also jet and black obsidian clear quartz diamond green tourmaline moss agate pyrite as well that's mm. all I got. Where do you think the jet and the obsidian come in? For me, I, I, my theory has to do with, you know, the dark of winter and turning inward shadow work, that kind of thing. Mm. Do you think also that it might be, uh, because in ancient times, Yule was a time where spirit, you know, the wild hunt and ghost stories and all of that. I think that, yeah, there's, there, they say that divination was a big practice too, back then and obsidian being part of the mirror scrying, Mm. you know, practice that would make sense. Cool. Just a theory. I don't know that for sure, but yeah, you're right. Good point. Okay. And I don't think that I want to go into into any specific memories about this Sabbath because it's going to be the same as everyone else's. Oh, yeah. Opening presents and eating. Yeah, I don't really have any specific memories from Letha. Um, But like I said before, I just really love that connection to the Fae I get this time of year. Because it, I don't get it any other time of year than this time of year. Yes. Uh, and it's also this time of year where they're actually the most helpful to me. Oh, good. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, they're fickle people. So no doubt. Even their gods are kind of aloof. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking oh, about that today. <laughs> yeah. But, yes. They're very elusive. Yeah, I feel like it's a whole different realm compared to the Norse and Germanic pantheon, really. They act so much different. Mm, Yes, I agree. All right, shall we wrap it up? I think so. All right. Do yourself a favor and check out our Sabbath articles on otherworldlyoracle.com if you'd like to learn more about the winter and summer solstices. 
Go to the website, select magic, and then seasons and Sabbaths. Please join our Facebook group where oracles just like me and you commune daily and visit Alora's website. That's me at alorarain.com for tarot readings, soul origin profiles, and more. Subscribe to or favorite our podcast to be notified of future episodes and help your magical sisters out and be sure to share our podcast and review us too. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.